Well, I've been looking forward to this day for quite some time because uh, we've invited a very special uh, guest with us, not all that much a guest, really, just an extension of our church. I, that's the way I look at it, an extension, of course, of our, of our uh, personal lives, our son, Chad. Also, his wife, Amber, will be here for the second service. She had some uh, uh, stuff she had to do, I think a meeting at the church she had to, she's the executive pastor of LifeGate, so she does all the work, and Chad gets to run around and preach and uh, play golf and eat Mexican food with his dad. But anyway, but we are so excited. Uh, to have uh, Chad with us today. Uh, yesterday, he, he just knocked it out of the park. I mean, it could not have been any better than what we received yesterday. Uh, Pastor Chad has been in ministry now for 26 years. Uh, I made him my full-time youth pastor when he was 19 years of age. He took a youth group of about 15 kids, built it to about 125 on Wednesday night. In a church of 250, we'd have 125 youth on Wednesday night. It was the talk of the area. It was the going thing in the area. And, uh, you know, just whatever he does, seems like that's what happens. 16-plus years. Years ago, uh, they came to Burleson, Texas, and planted a brand new church from scratch. Just a, I just a, I don't know, a family or two that uh, committed to go with them and start this church. And uh, in 16 years, they've built it up to. Uh, right before COVID, they were over 600 and growing uh, and just uh, built a beautiful, uh, incredible state-of-the-art building. Uh, how many think I might be a little bit proud of my son? Amen. They're a great missions church. Uh, let me say this also, uh, that, you know, we've invested in a lot of ministries over the last 19 and a half years, but I'm going to tell you, hands down, the greatest investment in ministry and ministers that we have invested in the last 16 plus years has been Chad and Amber and LifeGate Church. They're an incredible investment that we have made. Would you make uh, Pastor Chad welcome as he comes to minister today? Good morning, Grace Place. Man, it is awesome to be able to be here. And before I jump into it, I just was reminded of a kind of a memory today as we were reading James chapter five, just a verse just stuck out to me. It's one of my favorite verses in all of the Bible. We read it this morning and I reminded my dad of this verse. It's in James chapter five and verse number four. We read it just a minute ago. It says, the pay you did not give the workers who mowed your fields cries out against you and cries out of the workers have been heard by the Lord Almighty. And I just reminded my dad all the times I mowed the yard at home and I didn't get paid. The Lord has heard my cry. I'm just saying. Hey, it is great to be here today. What a weekend that we have had already. In fact, let me, let me have a show of hands today. How many of you were at the A-Team weekend yesterday? Come on. You guys are so awesome. I have to brag on you just a little bit, man. I'm telling you what, the teams and the people that you have serving and volunteering here at the Grace Place are absolutely amazing. I was so impressed by just the enthusiasm. And I told dad, I was like, man, these people are just so easy to preach to. And so I'm going to expect that this morning as well, right? And uh, they're so easy. They're so enthusiastic. And then the excellence with which everything was done. I mean, I'm just like, man, this place is amazing and you are amazing. So if you are an A-team member, we appreciate you. We honor you. In fact, Grace Place, come on, give it up for all the A-team members. And... 
If you are not an A-team member, what are you waiting on? You know, I mean, get on a team, get in there and serve. There is so much value in being united behind the mission and for the purposes of God. And so I'm kind of joking there, but I'm kind of not. Like get on a team, find somewhere to serve. We'll talk about that a little bit more uh, later in the message. And then I'm just so honored to be invited to come. I want to just thank my dad and my mom and then Pastor Sean and Pastor Krista for inviting me to just come and be with you this weekend. I have had a blast and it's been so much fun to be able to just share with all of you. And so I'm very honored to be invited. And you have some amazing pastors. Come on, I think you ought to give it up for your pastors. Some amazing pastors. Your pastoral staff's doing a fantastic job. And I'm so excited about the future of the Grace Place Church and all that is happening. I know there's a lot of transition, a lot of change is going to be coming in these next few months. And yet, man, I just believe that the best is yet to come. My mom and my dad, they have laid an incredible foundation over this last 19 and a half years. It's just amazing to see what God has done. And yet, I believe it's just the beginning that God has even more in store for the Grace Place and for every single one of you, for the people that you're going to reach here in Arlington, as well as around the world. And so I'm so excited about that. And I love the Grace Place. I tell you what, you guys and this place just has such a special place in my heart. You know, my dad already mentioned 16 and a half years ago, we came to Burleson to plant a church. I'll tell you a little bit more about that later in the message as well today. But man, when we came, we needed a covering. We needed people who would help us. We need people who would pray for us and believe in us. And we need people to give some money to us. You know what I'm saying? Like we needed some help. And I'm telling you, you guys were that for us. I remember, like lots of memories come back just being here and seeing some of my friends and things. And I remember it was over in the building next door that uh, I would come every Wednesday night and play the piano and lead the worship. We did that for about two and a half years or so. And so many relationships that we built. And then some of you would come over and help us. I can't name a whole bunch of names, but I can think of some people like Mark and Sandy Knowles and people like Jerry that would... Jerry Forbes that was there all the time. People like Carl who came and played the drums for us on Saturday nights. And I just, I want to honor you and just tell you like, we would not be here. We would probably, LifeGate would probably not exist if it wasn't for the investment. Those of you that gave financially, those of you that prayed, those of you that were there with us in those moments and in those times, I honor you. We wouldn't be here. LifeGate wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the people of the Grace Place. So give yourselves a big hand. Yeah. So awesome. And you guys have been doing this series called All In. So let me hear everybody say on the count of three, I'm all in. One, two, three. I'm all in. We've been talking about being all in. And I love this idea of being all in because really this is kind of how I have tried to live my life. It's kind of how we as a family have tried to live our lives over really over all of our lives, especially the last 16 and a half years. We've been people who just said, God, whatever you want for us, we are willing to do whatever you're calling us to do. We are all in. You know, 16 and a half years ago, God put it in our hearts to plant a church in Burleson, to move from where we lived in Midland, to come to a whole new city. We didn't know a single person who lived in the city. It was just me and my wife, Amber. And at that time, two little girls who were two and one year old. And here we are moving to this new city. We didn't know a single soul. We didn't have people to help us to plant the church. We didn't have, you know, very much money. We didn't have a launch team. But what we had was we had a calling that God had called us. We knew that he had called us 
to that place. And I got to be honest, like in that time in my life, I didn't really lack for confidence. All right. Like I just thought God called us. We're going to go plant this church and it's going to be awesome. Like everybody's going to want to come to be a part of our church. Just watch out, Stephen Furtick. Come on, here we come. We're going to be on the outreach magazine list of fastest growing churches because everybody's going to want to become a part of our church. And it didn't take very long to realize that that wasn't the case at all. (laughs) Actually, we moved and nobody really cared about our little church plants. And honestly, it was hard. I really tested a little bit, like, are you really going to be all in to do what God called you to do? I remember some of those Saturday nights. We, we started the church on Saturday nights meeting in the Hughley Fitness Center over there in Burleson. And we would set all of our stuff up. And at that time, I was the worship leader. So I played the keyboard and led the worship. And we had this four by six trailer that was full of all of our equipment. And we would, you know, go in there and we'd set it all up. We had one guy uh, who was part of our launching. We just really had six adults and seven kids. That's who we started the church with. And we had this one guy who was part of the launch team. He told me he played guitar. And so I said, hey, come on, you know, join the worship team. I found out later he only knew three chords on the guitar. Kind of kind of limits your song selection. You know what I'm saying? But I was like, come on, baby, let's go. And so I would lead the worship and we'd set up all the stuff and we'd get it all ready. We'd practice the worship. And then I remember on those Saturday nights, I would go out there and I would stand out there in that big giant lobby of the fitness center. Big, huge glass windows. And I would look out at this huge parking lot with only just a handful of cars out there. And I would pray in my mind, I would pray, God, please, God, send somebody new tonight. Send somebody from our community. Send somebody that's not my parents coming over from Arlington. That's not somebody from the Grace Place. Send somebody that's, that's potential could be part of our church. And many nights that prayer would go completely unanswered. And I would go back into that auditorium and I would start the service and I would lead the worship and I would preach the sermon and then we would tear all our stuff down. We'd put it back in the trailer and we'd park the trailer in our, in our driveway and I'd lay, down, lay my head down on the pillow that night and I would think, what am I doing? Like, am I really going to be all in? There were moments when I thought, you know what? We could pack all of this stuff up. I could go get a job at another church somewhere. I could be a pastor or a staff pastor. And it'd be easy to kind of give up on this dream that God has uh, for our hearts. And it was in those moments that we made the decision that we would be all in, that we would continue to do what God called us to do until he called us to do something else. And that's what all in really means. In fact, my assignment today is to talk about having an all in commitment. In those moments when it was difficult, I had to decide we are all in committed to the task for as long as it takes. In fact, I love what somebody said about being committed. I love this definition. I'm not sure where I heard it. It might've even been my dad. Here's what I've learned over the years is that if I can't quote it as me and I don't know where it came from, I just attribute it to my dad, right? And so I'm going to attribute it to him today. I love this definition of commitment. Basically is this, is that commitment is doing what you said you would long after the mood you set it in has left. Oh, wow. Y'all are laughing because you know what I'm talking about. 
Because it's easy to be committed when you're in the mood, right? It's easy to be committed when the emotions are flowing and you're going, yeah, pastor, that's right, I'm all in. It's easy on A-team weekend to go, yeah, I'm all in to do whatever because the emotions are high and the preaching's good and the worship's good and everyone around you is all excited and yeah, I'm all in. But it's not quite as easy three months from now when you've been out late on Saturday night because the kids had a soccer tournament you're waking up on Sunday morning knowing you're supposed to serve, but the kids are grouchy and you're grouchy and you're tired and you're, you know, tempted to just text someone and say, hey, I'm not going to be there today. I'm sure somebody else will cover it for me. It's easy to be all in when the emotions are high, when the mood is good. It's easy to be all in when the worship team is rocking. And doesn't this worship team rock every Sunday? Come on. Amazing. And when the emotions are there and you're singing, oh, you know, you are the same God or whatever, you know, it's easy in that moment, but it's a little harder when pastor says, hey, now we're going to make our missions commitments. Come on, right? It's easy in the moment when you feel the emotion to be all in. It was easy in those moments for me to say, yes, God called us to plant a church. But then on those Saturday nights when I'd lay my head on the pillow or those Sunday mornings when I would wake up and it had been three months since we had seen a new visitor walk through the door and I really wanted to just pack it all up and go do something else. It was a little harder to be all in in those moments. But commitment is doing what you said that you would do even after the mood that you set it in has passed. In fact, I think this is how God has called us to live. In fact, I think this is what Jesus was talking about in this passage that I want to look at for just a minute today in Mark chapter 12. It's a very famous passage of scripture that uh, it's really called the greatest commandment or the great commandment. And just to set it up, somebody asked Jesus, like, what is God's priority? How does he want us to live? What is the most important thing, the most important commandment that he wants us to live out? And look what Jesus says in Mark chapter 12 and verse 30. He says that we are to love the Lord with what? With all your heart, come on, everybody say it out loud, not a soft, all right, here we go. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Now, doesn't that sound a little bit like the title of this message series, right? There's a word in there. What is that word? That word is all, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And notice this covers the whole gamut, right? It covers, it covers the emotional side, all your heart and soul. When you feel it in your heart, when you feel it in your soul, when the emotion and the mood is there, yes. But not just when you're feeling it in your heart and soul, but when you're not really feeling it in your heart and soul very much, but you decide to do it in your mind and you decide to live it out in your strength to be committed even after the mood that you set it in has gone to love the Lord with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's how God's called us to live. But let's, let's be honest. Most people, most Christians aren't really living that way, right? Most Christians are living a little bit more like this other passage that I want us to look at in Proverbs chapter three and verse number five. It's also a very familiar passage of scripture. It's the one that you see kind of knitted on a pillow at grandma's house, you know what I'm saying? Or maybe, you know, on a plaque or something at Hobby Lobby that you can hang on your wall. And yet I want to look at it from a different version today. I want us to look at it from the PWIV. That stands for the partway in version, all right? And this is how it reads, Proverbs 3, Trust in the Lord with some of your heart and lean completely on your own understanding. 
In some of your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Now, if you're not really a typical church goer, that's not a real translation, okay? Let's see what the real translation actually says. The real translation says, trust in the Lord with what? With all your hearts and lean not on your own understanding, but in what? In all your ways, acknowledge him. What's he talking about? Same thing Jesus was talking about. He's talking about being all in. Like, I'm going to love the Lord with all my heart. I'm going to trust him with all my heart. When I feel the emotions, I'm going to trust him. But then when I don't feel the emotions, I'm not going to lean on my own understanding. But in all of my ways, when I feel it and when I don't, I am committed. I am all in to do what I said I would do, even when the mood that I set it in has gone. That's what it means to be all in committed. Now, if we're going to live this kind of life, this gonna, it's going to mean we're going to have to make some decisions. Everybody say decisions. We've got some decisions that we're going to have to make. In fact, I just wrote down three. If you're taking notes, you can write them down today. The three decisions that we're going to have to make if we're going to live all in committed kind of lives, loving the Lord with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, trusting in the Lord with all our heart and not leaning on our own understanding, but in all of our ways acknowledging him. Here's the decisions that we're going to have to make. The first one is this, and this is a big one, is that you're going to have to decide to settle the issue. Everybody say settle the issue. You just got to settle it. You have to settle it in your heart. See, here's what a lot of us like to do is we like to, you know, I'll be part way in, but I like to kind of keep my options open. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I, like to have some, I like to have some choices just in case this doesn't work out. Let me keep this little side choice over here just in case, right? In fact, it reminds me of my, of my son, Easton. He's six now, but when he was about three or four, he liked to watch YouTube videos. Any parents in the house, you know what I'm talking about, right? And like, he still likes to watch YouTube videos now that he's six. He just likes to watch YouTube videos about Minecraft and video games and stuff like that. But when he was three, he liked to watch this guy. His name was Ryan. It, Anybody ever heard of Ryan's World, right? It's crazy. This little boy plays with toys, puts videos on the YouTube. He has over 20 million subscribers. It's ridiculous, right? And Easton loved to watch those videos. I know poor parenting, but we'll talk more about that in a minute. And, and what he liked about it is like, he didn't like to watch the videos on the big TV. He liked to watch the YouTube videos on the iPad. And the reason he liked to watch them on the iPad was because he could put it in like small screen mode where up in the kind of the left-hand corner, it would have the video that he's watching. But then along here on the, on the right, it had suggested videos. And so he could just scroll through. And if he didn't like the video he was watching, he could just pick the one he wanted to watch. You know what I'm saying, right? And so one day I'm like, man, I'm just not being a very good pastor and a very good dad and stuff. Up, letting him watch Ryan all the time. So this is what we're going to do, man. He's going to learn some Jesus stuff on some, you know, Bible videos, right? And so we're no, no more YouTube today, son. Here's what we're going to do is we're going to watch some right now video, right now media. And you're going to learn about Moses and Abraham and Jacob and Joshua. Come on, you're going to learn some good stuff. And so I said, here's what we're going to do. I put it on. So I put on right now media and I'm like, here's your little good kids video for you to watch. And he looked at me and says, dad, that's not good. I was like, well, well, what's the matter? He says, I want choices. <laughs> and what he's talking about is he wanted in the little small screen. So on the side, he could have little choices, right? And so I figured out, I said, okay, we're going to take it out of full screen mode. We can give you some options, some choices on the side. And so I did that. He looked at me again and said, dad, I want better choices. <laughs> How many know that's the way a lot of Christians live, right? It's like, we don't want to go all in. 
We don't, want, we don't want to go full screen mode with God. What we want is we want to keep our options open. Let's keep all the windows open over here. Like, like I'll go a little bit in with God, but I haven't yet settled the issue that all of my life belongs to him. In fact, it reminds me of what happened with the disciples. Jesus is teaching and he's really kind of gathering a lot of disciples and followers to him. But then he starts talking about some stuff that's like a little bit hard to swallow. He starts saying stuff like, if you're going to follow me, then you're going to have to take up your cross. You got to follow me and you're going to have to leave your mom and your, your brother and your sister. And you're going to have to deny yourself. And you're going to, and, and as he starts to say kind of some of this stuff, some of his followers stop following him. And he looks at Peter and the other disciples and he says, well, what about you? What are you going to do? And look what Peter says in John 6 and verse 68. Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And we have come to believe and know that you are the Holy One of God. In other words, he goes, we've closed all the windows. We've settled the issue. We're going all in. Even if everybody else leaves, even if nobody else follows, we have made the decision. We are all in with you. Some of you, that's, that's where you're at today. Before you can really be all in committed, you just got to settle it in your heart. And it's the issue of whose am I? Who do I belong to? I'm going to close all the other windows. I'm going I'm to push away all the other options. Lord, to whom else should we go? You're the one that has the words of life. We've settled it in our hearts. So the first thing you got to do, you got to settle the issue. Second thing that you're going to have to do is that you're going to have to surrender your life. Everybody say, surrender your life. Surrender your life. So it starts with this issue of whose am I? But now it goes to this issue of who's in control. <laughs> Have I surrendered control to him? In fact, look what the scripture says in Romans chapter 6 and verse 13. Paul says it like this. He says, give yourself, what? Completely to God. For you were dead. But now you have new life. So use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. Now notice, these are two very important words in this passage. What are the two most important words? I think it's the words complete and whole. What is Paul saying? He's saying, hey, if you're going to go all in, then this is what God requires. He requires that we would give ourselves completely to him. And that we would surrender our bodies and our lives wholly to him. In fact, that's what God wants. He doesn't want, he doesn't want a part of your life. He wants all of it. He doesn't want 5%, 10%, 20%. He wants 100%. And here's what the way that we live a lot of times is, is that we kind of have little kind of compartments of our lives. It's kind of like in middle school. You remember in middle school where you learned how to, you know, how to read the pie chart? You know what I'm saying? You got this circle and you got little slivers, you know, you know, and this percentage and this percentage. And this is the way a lot of people have their life is like a big pie chart. They got this little part of the pie over here that's like, you know, this is my work life. And we got this little sliver of the pie over here. This is my home life. And then this is my married, married life. And then this is my social life. And then, you know, this is, this is my, you know, recreational life. And this is my spiritual life. And this is my church life. And we got these little portions. And we go, God, I'll give you like a slice of the pie. I'll give you a Sunday morning. I'll give you a little bit of my life. And, and God goes, I don't want, I want a slice of the pie. I want the whole thing. If you're like me and you like to eat Mexican food, he goes, I want the whole enchilada. You know, I don't want just part of you. I want 100% your life wholly and completely surrendered to me. So you got to settle the issue. Whose am I? 
and you got to surrender your life. Who's in control of my life? And then the third thing is simply this. You just got to learn to say yes. Everybody say yes. Got to be a people who just say, I got a yes in my heart for God. God, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. Like, like even if I don't understand it, or even if I don't even know yet what the question is, my answer to you is yes. In fact, I love this passage of scripture. Check this out in, uh, it's, where is it found? It's found in Second Chronicles, Chronicles chapter 16, at verse number nine. Look what it says. It says, for the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. I love that. I mean, what I love is that, first of all, I know that God is looking down and that he sees me, that he sees you. Now, here's what I want you to see. A lot of times we get this picture of God who's this God, this big you know, eye up in the sky, looking down on us, trying to find us doing something wrong so that lightning bolts, he can zap us when we mess up. But that's actually not what that verse says at all. It says, yes, he is looking down. The eyes of the Lord are ranging throughout the earth, but he's not looking down to zap somebody who's doing wrong. It actually says right there, he's looking down to strengthen somebody who's doing right. And who is it? It says right there, who is it that he is looking down to to bring strength into their lives? Those who are what? Who are committed, fully committed to him. He's looking down right now in this room and he's looking at people and and he's going, hey, is that person fully committed to me? I want to strengthen them. Is that person fully committed to me? I want to strengthen them. He's looking for people who have a yes in their heart, who are saying, God, whatever you want me to do, I'm willing to do it. And when he sees that yes in our heart, then he goes, I'm going to bring strength to that person because they are fully committed to me. Now, if that's the case, then everywhere I go, I want God to be able to see there's a yes in my heart. Come on. I want his strength everywhere that I go, every step that I take, every morning that I wake up, everything that I do. When he looks down and sees Chad Benson, I want him to see there's a guy who's already said yes to me. I can strengthen him. I can bless him. I can encourage him. Maybe some of you, that's your heart's desire that you would have a yes in your heart. Maybe you would want so much that that when God looks down, he would see you. Maybe some of you just need to go up on top of your house, get you a big old bucket of paint and a paint and a roller and just put a big old Y-E-S like yes on top my house so that when God looks down he goes oh man there's that house right there I know I can bless them because there's a yes in their heart they are fully committed to me some of you go out and get your car get one of those wraps you know what I'm saying put a big old Y-E-S right on top of your car you know so everywhere you drive God looks down and goes oh man there's Pastor Sean I see he's got a yes in his heart I see it on his car some of you like some of you like those flat bill hats you know what I'm saying get you one of those flat bill hats with a Y-E-S right there everywhere you walk around God just gonna see there's a there's some of you got a bald head put a tattoo on your head a yes right there I'm kidding around, but man, what would it be like if we had a yes in our heart everywhere that we go? And when God would look down and he'd go, there's somebody who's fully committed to me. I want to bless them. They've decided that even when they don't feel it, and even in the times when the emotion is gone, they're going to do what they said they were going to do long after the mood they set it in is gone. So what does that look like? How does that look practically in our lives? Well, let's go back to what Jesus said. He says, I want you to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It starts with your heart. Everybody say that. It starts with your heart. It starts with your heart. That's where it starts. In fact, I think that's important that that was the first, the first thing that he said, to love him with all of our heart. 
Why? Because he wants to be first. He wants to be priority in our lives. And it's, and it's the thing that we give our heart to that actually becomes the priority of our life. So how do we practically live out that, God, you have my heart? Where there are, there, there are lots of ways, but one way that I see is that we honor him with our finances. In fact, what did Jesus say? He says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So how do we love him with our heart? We love him with our heart by honoring him with our treasure, by honoring him with our finances, by making the decision. In fact, let me just say it this way. I don't believe that you can be a person who says, I'm all in for Jesus, if you're not obeying what his word says about what to do with your finances. And so I'm going to say, hey, I'm all in. Now, I know some, there are some people that are kind of like the, the diving board people. How many know diving board people? You know what I'm saying? You go to the pool. What do they do? You know, they just throw off their towel and run off the diving board and cannonball in, you know, deep in people. And then there are those people that, you know, they're not going off the diving board. They're like, hey, I'm just kind of house the water. Let me dip my toe in there just a little bit and kind of right. And here's the deal is that the truth is it doesn't matter if you're a cannonball person or a dip your toe person. It just matters that you continue to go a little bit deeper. And some of you like this whole idea of honoring God with your tithe and offering and finances and all of that kind of stuff. Some of you, it's like, I don't, man, that's such a big step. Wherever you're at, just take a step. If you're not giving anything, start giving something. If you're giving something, start doing it regularly. If you're doing it regularly, go be a tither. If you're being a tither, start giving to missions. Like everybody all in to say, God, you have all of my heart. Wherever I'm at, I'm going to take a next step to fully surrender to you. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to love him with all my heart. But then some, sometimes it's like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't make sense <laughs> in my mind. I'm going to give God 10% and he's going to bless the rest of it. You know, that doesn't really make sense. But that's where the second one comes in, that I'm not just, I'm not just all in with my heart. Like, I'm all in with my mind. That even when it doesn't make sense, and even when I'm not feeling it, and even when the moment's gone. That's where faith steps in. Come on, that's what faith is all about. Faith is going, hey, I'm gonna love God with my heart by trusting God in my mind even when it doesn't make sense. And then finally it says, I want you to love me with all your strength. What does that mean? That means that I'm gonna use every gift, talent, ability, everything that I have to honor him. Some of you are here and you hadn't yet joined a team. You need to get on a team. Because you got gifts, you got talents, you got things that you can offer, things that you can bring to the body of Christ. And guess what? This body needs you. But you know what else? You need this body. You need, you need to be involved. You need to be using your gifts and your talents and your abilities to do what God has called you and gifted you to do. Maybe some of you are good with kids. You could serve with kids. Maybe some of you are good at smiling and saying hi to people. You could be on the greeter team. Maybe some of you are good with technology. You could be on the media team. Maybe some of you speak Spanish. You could be on the team to translate. I'm sure they're having a hard time translating my fast talking this morning. You know what I'm saying? They need people like you to help them do that. And it's just about saying, here I am, God, I'm all in everything that I have. I've settled the issue in my heart. I've surrendered my life. And today I am saying yes to you. In fact, it reminds you of this one last story I want to tell. Back in the days of the Knights of the Round Table, the days of Camelot, the Knights would come in to these, to these meetings at this round table and they would discuss things that were incredibly important because their whole job was to honor and to serve the king. And so they would make some major decisions about 
whether they would go to battle or whether they would go to war, what they would do. And these were decisions that were major decisions that would affect them in a, in a huge way. It might affect their family. It might affect their livelihood. It might even cause them to have to, have to go to battle, maybe even to give their lives. And so they didn't take it lightly. And so when they would make a decision, what they would do is those knights would take their swords and that sword represented their family, their livelihood, really their whole life. And they would lay their sword in the middle of the round table to be able to say, I'm all in to honor the king and for the glory of the kingdom. And I think about that, none of us are knights of the round table but the Bible calls us priests in the kingdom of God, sons and daughters of the most high. And he invites us to be at his table. And yet being at his table, it requires being all in because some of the decisions that we make and some of the things that we, that we give might require some of our finances, might require some of our heart, might require some sacrifices, might require us risking and taking, having to take faith steps and all of those types of things. But we take our lives just like those knights take that sword. We lay it in the middle of the table and we say, I'm all in. I'm all in for the glory of the kingdom and for the honor of the king. And this king is not just some earthly king or some earthly kingdom. It is a heavenly kingdom and a heavenly king. And we say, God, I'm surrendered. I've settled the issue. I've surrendered my life. And I say yes to you.